I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. I get down from my grandfather who took my mama made us sit in that seat where white folks ain't want us to eat. At the tender age of six, she was arrested for the city. And with that in my blood, I was born to be different. Now niggas can't make it to Ballas to choose leadership, but we can make it to Jacobs and to the dealership. I swear I hear new music and I just don't be feeling it. Racism's still alive, they just be concealing it. But I know they don't want me in the damn club. They even make me show I need to get inside of Sam's club. Hey, welcome to the Black Outtips Podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. We're in the house. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, last day of the week. Yes, yeah, sure is, sir. Hump day for the rest of y'all. Yes, sir. But uh, we're going to get you guys through it, everybody. We're going to get everybody through it. Um, you know, you can find the show, the Black Out Tips, iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic. Just search the Black Out Tips. Leave us five-star reviews. You mm-hmm. want to get involved with the show, theblackouttips.com. You can uh, leave comments there, contact us, all that stuff from theblackouttips.com. Um, you can also do stuff like uh, vote in the polls and leave uh, leave like comments on your votes in the polls and all that stuff. Um, we have a store at Cafe Press. We are on Twitter. Um, you can find us. The uh, TBGWT is the, the, the Twitter account. You can look on uh, Google+. Plus. We have that. We have a Facebook page. People love going there. Um, yeah, a bunch of stuff is happening, guys. We appreciate everybody that, uh, contributes to the show in those ways. We do. Um, the official weapon of the show is... The taser. An unofficial sport. It's bullet ball. A bullet ball extreme. Today's podcast is sponsored. It is sponsored by Shadow Dog Productions and the audio play album, The Best of Rod and Karen. If you buy a copy of the album this week, let them know, and they'll send you a free copy of their comedy short film, You. Twice the entertainment for just 10 bucks, guys. So if you haven't bought one yet, this is a good week to buy one because you get some extra free shit. Uh, you can hit them up on Twitter at Shadow Dog Pride uh, to get their free stuff. Um, if you uh, want to email them or something, just hit me up and I'll shoot you their email. Um, but yeah, the best of Rod and Karen on iTunes and then just let them know you got it this week. Uh, you also have a, a little bit of a sex, sexier uh, sponsor. Uh, Let's see if I can find me some sexy music. I don't know if I maybe uh, some of this some of this begging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All I wanna do is keep it light, keep it satisfied. All I wanna do is make it right, make it right. All I wanna do is give you that thing, play that song when your girlfriend sing. Get you back tonight. She ain't coming back. I gotta get a go, get a go, get a go, get a back. I gotta get a go, get a go, get a go, get a back. That's right, guys. Maybe it's time for you to learn how to treat her right. Maybe you made a mistake. And ladies, too. Maybe you made a mistake. But one way you can make it up in the bedroom is go ahead and surprise your lover with an adventurous new toy or dope movie. But that's not all, guys. In addition to that, uh, I mean, wait. You can do that for 50% off. Sorry, we're getting a phone call for some reason. Who would call during the regular show? Anyway, for 50% off, you can go ahead, go ahead and go to adamandeve.com and put in code TBGWT. 
In addition to that 50% off of just about any item to help you make it up, you can also do things like get three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so central. Can't even mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, they even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And that's not playing. So check out adamandeve.com today for the special offer that's 50% off of one item when you put in code TBGWT upon checkout. And when you do, you get three free DVDs, free extra gift, and free shipping. That's code TBGWT at adamandeve.com. Get her back, y'all. But it doesn't have to be, be that way. So I want to do is keep it light on us keep us satisfied. All I want to do is make, make it right. Make it right. Is give you that thing, tell you that so you and your girlfriend sing. Is get you back tonight. I gotta get a go, get a go, get a go, get a back. I gotta get a go, get a go, get a go, get a back. I gotta treat her right. Oh, I gotta cherish her for life. I gotta get a go, get a go, get a go, get a back. Yep, um, I'm glad to be one of the four people that have that album, you know, uh, <laughs> collector's edition, uh, you know, I saw one of the other people with the album the other day, we got a special handshake that we do, because uh, not many of us in the world. It sure ain't. But uh, anyway, man, um, so much stuff to cover today. We've officially reached the uh, the tipping point with uh, Ferguson, where the black Republicans are out. And uh, we're on that CNN, got to be both sides, got to be two sides. Got to be two sides, everybody. Mm. Welcome to pandemonium. It's time for the black Republicans to come out after saying nothing for for weeks. Got to love that. Mm. Yeah, you got you to gotta love this stage, Karen. You got to, I mean, I feel like you, you, you don't, you, you don't really appreciate the stage that we're at for some reason. What's mm-hmm. wrong? Mm-mm. I mean, it's a process, and you know it's going to be the same every time. Um, so, yeah, it's, we're at the, the stage where uh, people that haven't said anything for weeks. I accidentally left the TV on CNN by accident. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it, it was ridiculous. You know, I, I, I basically was like... Um, Walked in and Mark Lamont Hill was debating like Larry Elder or some shit. And of course, Larry Elder had decided that uh, black people need to uh, pull their pants up and shit and worry about black on black crime. Mm. Anytime they were asked a question about Ferguson, he just deflected back to black on black crime. Like talking points just ready to go, man. It's amazing. Uh, Carrying that water for the Republican Party, man. And it's funny because I didn't know black people dying had to be a political issue. You know? It's um, not. Well, I, you know, the way they had it on, the way they had it on TV was, uh, you know, it was crazy. Uh, they asked them, was uh, racism, uh, like, the thing I didn't like, like the white lady was moderating the shit. And she seemed like she didn't have that much of a stake in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, she probably could care less. Because it's all the same shit to them. Right. 
and I don't mean all white people. I mean, no. the, I'm talking about the news. Right. It, it's all the same it's shit. It's all to ratings. The news. They don't it's, give a fuck. Two people come on and they argue. It could be about Beyonce's album. Anything. It could be about, um. Bootsy. It could be about Iraq. They don't give a fuck. No. Same shit. Back to it, Larry Elder, Mark Lamont Hill. Here's what's bothering me. This is what no one is really talking about. This is what I want to ask you both about. There was a shooting just a couple miles from that burned down quick trip in Ferguson. A 23-year-old African-American man was shot and killed by police officers. Police say it was suicide by cop. And according to police, this, this young man was saying, please kill me, please shoot me. I'm not questioning the suicide by cop part. What I'm, what I'm wondering why no one is talking about this is the mental health of that young man. And I was talking with a friend last night who was saying, why is no one discussing mental health of young men of color in this country? And I'm wondering, Mark Lamont Hill, why? I think there are a few reasons. I think one, just as a nation, we don't talk about mental health. We mock people for going to see therapists. We call people crazy. Uh, when you look at even pop culture with the haunted house, with the, with the psychos inside, there's this whole culture that stigmatizes mental health illness. I think also with young black men, because they're seen as being prone to violence, being prone to irrationality, because they're seen as unintelligent and often immoral, when they display behaviors that are clearly crying for help, we dismiss it as just a no, as part of their normal everyday pathology. Uh, and then I think oftentimes within the African-American community, we also stigmatize uh, mental health issues. We tell people to take it to the church, take it to Jesus. We don't go to see therapists, even at, at the same rate as our... Uh, as our white counterparts. And then on top of that, when you're in a context of racism and white supremacy, you engage more trauma. When you live in a war zone like Chicago, or in this case Ferguson, you're surrounded by death and violence and harassment. And so you're, 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 you, have, you have more triggers, and, and we need to deal with that in a very substantive way. Larry Elder, I would love to hear your voice. Well, I think the media perceives Brooke racism to be a far bigger problem in America. That's, a, that's why we spend so much time on people like Donald Sterling and, and Clive and Bundy. And before that, it was Paul Ryan who said some things that were perceived was to be health. racially intemperate, intemperate. I think we've been training black people to uh, think that racism is a bigger deal. And I think the reason that the left wants that is because of, of votes and power. As long as black people believe that race and racism are the major problem in America, you got that 95% monolithic black vote without which the Democratic Party cannot survive. So you have the Jessies and the Owls and Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Harry Reid constantly bringing up race cars, talking about the Republicans raging a war against black people and so forth. So black people have been trained, surprise, surprise, people in Ferguson believe that the racist criminal justice system is oppressing them because Obama and Eric Holder have said statements that have given them that impression. Country? Are you saying no, it is not a major problem in this country. No, it is not. My father was a janitor. He was born in the Jim Crow South. Fast forward, my father in his late 40s started a small business, uh, got a little bit of property. Uh, this is what happens in America. Raised three boys, educated them. Uh, we have a thriving black middle class. If black America were a country, Brooke, it would be the 15th wealthiest country in the world. For crying out loud, this is not your grandfather's America. We ought not act like it is. Yeah, yeah but Larry, I don't th for two things. One, I think your earpiece could be broken because the question was on mental health, and you once again go back to the pathologies of the black community. That's stunning to me. But Why do you have to insult me all the time? You address what I said you. rather than insulting me. Why is that Go necessary? Ahead, Can let, we let have Mark a discussion of two black men without Larry. insulting each other? Is Larry. that possible? Can we pro Larry, Can not, do that, please? Larry, Larry. I haven't insulted please you. What I'm, Larry, I'm not. He he never insulted him at all. Mm -hmm. He he basically brought up that he's avoiding talking about the question that they were asked, mm -hmm. and deflected mm -hmm. it onto some other shit, which is racism isn't real. So, you know, insulting. What I'm responding to is the. You said I was a, sounding a dog whistle. Why do Republicans always use a dog on, whistle? I didn't say, what did you do with what I said? The merit of what I said. For a change, I Lamont. I watch you all the time. You talk over people. You don't listen to the merit of what they say. You're talking over me. Like, first of all, okay, a few things. I never said dog whistle. Second, you're saying engage what you talk sure about. Sure you did. I just talk, 
let me finish. I, I didn't. When you rewind this, you'll realize you were wrong. When I, when I, when I, when I, when I just spoke about was mental health in the black community. You, what, I just, what I just spoke about was mental health in the black community, and you responded by talking about black people and believing that racism still exists. You totally didn't acknowledge my question or respond to my comment. So let's not talk I want us to that. have perspective and so, talk about what's important, but you okay. won't do that. Oh, no. Well, you don't get to decide what's important. You don't, we, we all have opinions here. I made, a, I made a comment. I wanted you to respond to it. But I'll, I'll respond to your yeah, you, comment. You think, you think the problem of unarmed black people is a major problem in America, and I don't. Okay, I don't. so let's. Okay, well, let me tell you what I think now that you've spoken. There are two issues here. You mentioned black on black crime. You say that that's a problem. I agree with you that it's, it's a problem. It's a huge problem. I, a massive Larry, problem. I, Larry, Larry, I agree with you. One voice, like gentlemen. One I, voice. All right. Um, I know. Um, she thinks she's helping, but that part right there got on my nerves so bad. I changed the channel at that moment. Because <laughs> I hate when someone is being irrational and crazy, and the other person is trying to deal with them, and then you wait till the rational person is talking to be like, okay, guys, let's calm it down. You know what I mean? Right. Where, where it's like like in, 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 in middle school, if a bully hits you, and then they go, hey, guys, enough roughhousing. It's like, he's beating me up. Like, you know, what are you doing? So... Yeah, I just thought that was, like, she let that dude go crazy all this time. And it's because generally what she's interested in and what CNN is interested in is the ratings right. of these two people fighting. Right. Not, not the actual context of what they got to say because mm. she let dude go, Larry Elder to speak crazy without answering any of her questions for two minutes. And then when Mark Lamar Hill tried to, like, bring that up, which is her job, she just... Right. It was like, oh, calm down. Calm one voice at a time. We just need, to, I haven't said anything for 30 seconds. Mark, I no. agree with Larry Elder that black and black violence is an issue. I absolutely agree with him. So let's not argue about what we both agree on. I agree. But if, if this study bears out, and it does, that at least one, that every 28 hours, a bl an unarmed black person is killed, then that also is a problem. Is it as big a problem that means as it's other less than 2% of the total, Lamont, less than 2% of the total. Oh, 7,000 black people killed every year. Less than 2% are killed uh, by police officers in an unarmed way. So why don't we talk about the 98%? And many of these murders we, we in are, Chicago are unsolved. At least we know what happened in the Michael Brown case. Okay, so let's talk about that. First of all, we do talk about what happened in Chicago. CNN did a whole special in Chicago. We Chicago violence every week. I write about Chicago. I'm physically in Chicago. What are we doing about it? What are we doing we're about doing, it? We're, we're doing lots of things, but you can't for, you can't suggest that our efforts and our energy can only be uh, justifiable or, or legitimate if we solve the problem. We spend a lot of time in America trying to solve lots of problems, and we haven't solved many of them. It doesn't mean that we're not doing the work. I think that's part of the problem. But the reason we're talking about an unarmed kid right now is because one was just killed, Larry, and it's entirely reasonable when a black child is killed in the street unarmed for us to have a conversation about that without you trumping it by saying, least, oh, well, yeah, okay. at least okay. I know okay. what happened. Okay. Okay. We don't know what happened. We don't know what happened. We do not know what happened, Larry. <laughs> Stay with me. Another At least time, we know who did it, Lamont. 75% of homicides in Chicago are unsolved. Unsolved. Bye-bye. So, like, and this is the thing, man. Like, This is a terrible-ass moderator. Yeah, she yeah, she totally lost control of the situation. But right. I think that's kind of what they want. You know what I mean? I think they want to, this, uh, to have these guys come on and argue and lose that cool and you know give good ratings or whatever and and that was the second segment like the first segment to me was even worse because 
it just set the tone that this dude was not going to answer any of the questions she was asking. And that's her and fault for not demanding that he answers her questions. And also, that's insulting to her as a journalist and also as a woman for just bypassing the fucking question that she asked. Well, they, they don't even ask. They, like, they don't even... They don't. I don't even think they expect an answer. I think they have guests on because the guests are going to do this kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, let's get Larry Elder on because he'll stir up, you know, the anger and he'll, you know, deflect a lot of our questions and he won't address our issues. But he'll make good TV if we bring on a rational person and have them argue it out. Yeah, I'm not here for none of that. Yeah, um, but you know it's it's um it's crazy, man. Like I just think people are so uh, in a tizzy right now that mm-hmm. everybody's upset, and um, you know the media is just kind of feeding off of it because you know listening to that um, and I, want, I I might even have part one, but listening to that it was just like there's no interest in this in actually like. We're avoiding a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like people are worried about whether there's going to be justice for this kid, uh, whether due process is going to be started, whether right. this cop's going to be, uh, you know, at least uh, ex- like ex- his role in this examined at least. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so many. Uh, you know, what's going on with the police and other community and the mm-hmm. tear gas and the rubber bullets, like. People are worried about that stuff. Right. And it's like people are just bypassing everything. I think everyone is trying to get it down to just a singular issue of whether or not Mike Brown deserved to be killed or not. Right. And that's the only thing people want to talk about. But it's like, honestly, at this point, it's become bigger than that because Mm -hmm. so many other things happen where you're dealing with the police withholding evidence. Mm -hmm. When you're dealing with um, them not interviewing witnesses, like when you're dealing with so much stuff at this point, you know, um, I really feel like people want to bring it back to something simple so they don't have to like really um, think think about the entire issue. Uh, here's the first part. I think I found well, it. Attorney General Eric Holder. He uh, arrived there just a couple hours ago. He is set to meet with people in charge of the federal civil rights investigation into Michael Brown's death. He will also meet with local law enforcement officials and community leaders. Uh, Attorney General Holder told the St. Louis Times-Dispatch his mission there is to make sure there is a fair and full investigation. But as Holder gets his update, a question some of you have been wondering, should President Obama visit Ferguson? I want to hear what you think. Send me a tweet at BrookbyCNN. So let me, let's kick the discussion off with that question. Larry Elder, radio host and author, and Mark Lamont Hill, CNN political commentator there uh, in, in Missouri. So, Mark, just first to you, um, what do you think? Should Obama go to Ferguson instead of, uh, no, we know Holder's there, should Obama go to Ferguson? I would have loved to have seen the president go there, but I only want the president to go there if he's going to say things that are moving the conversation forward. Other t- otherwise, it just becomes a distraction. You know, the president has made several statements on this, and I criticized him on a CNN.com piece uh, for not naming race, for not speaking about the ways in which this affects race, and for, and for preaching calm, not just telling us to not riot or to not loot. I get that. That's, that's I think we all agree that people shouldn't be looting and destroying property. But the idea uh, of telling people to remain calm almost delegitimizes the very, le- the very real and legitimate anger that people feel for what happened. So I want the president to come there and I want him to speak 
uh, truths and to demand justice. And that doesn't mean take sides. It means speak about the due process, speak about the way in which law enforcement has a role in this as well in terms of blame. That's what I want to hear from a sitting president. Any president we should point out. We should point out. That the, that the White House uh, has said the president has not gone to Ferguson yet just because that would take away from local law enforcement, take take all of that away because they would need to protect him instead of investigate and do what they're doing on the ground. Uh, Larry Elder, what do you think? Should he be there? Well, the reason this is a difficult issue for President Obama, Brooke, is because the president has spoken out of both sides of his mouth. If the country were as racist as he thinks that it is or says that it is, he could never be elected president. I once interviewed the head of the NAACP, Kwesi Mfume, and I said, Mr. Mfume, as between the presence of white racism or the absence of black fathers, which poses the bigger threat to the black community? He said, without missing a beat, the absence of black fathers. Huh. I'm not saying that the problem of an unarmed black person being shot by a cop is not something we ought to be concerned about. For crying out loud, nearly half of the homicides in this country are committed by black people, almost always against another black person. Chicago, 10 homicides a week last year, most of them by black people, most of them, by the way, unsolved. So let's have some perspective here. I can't get a good idea on how many what numbers of blacks, unarmed blacks are killed by the police. Yeah, she didn't ask about black on black crime. She yeah, he ask. bringing up shit that nobody's asking about. He, he's almost like the, um, the people you interact with on Twitter. You're having a conversation, and they already got their bullet points, their talking points. They already have their, their story saved and archived that they posted out on the message boards, and they'll start putting words in your mouth and claiming you said shit that you didn't say, and you're Cause, like... Because it's stuff that they know they can argue with because they argue with people like that all day, but they're only prepared to defend a certain amount of points to talk about a certain amount of issues, and they just want to get back to that. That's what news is now. That's why they invite these guys on is because... They're going to get to their talking points and nothing else. Yeah, and when you start talking about things outside of that realm, they don't want to talk about that because that distracts the things that they've already got a pre-prepared message for. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's what he did. But it appears to be the number might be maybe 2% of the total of blacks killed in a given year. Hmm. I, I don't, I'm, I'm confused about what perspective that gives us, Larry. I, I don't disagree with you that we should be concerned about black-on-black -black violence. I think all of us are, many of us, including well, myself, me, we are. We or, let me just finish the thought. We organize about it. We teach about it. I'm in Chicago very regularly doing that anti-violence work. I think that matters. But that doesn't mean that we should be talking about that instead of talking about an unarmed black child with his hands in the air who was killed, who was essentially executed. And it's, it, it, I find it mind-boggling that whenever a black child teenager, a black person, man or woman, is killed by law enforcement, suddenly people feign uh, outrage about black-on-black -black crime. A whole bunch of people only talk about black-on-black -black crime when it's not a black person killing a black person. It's when this happens. And the reason why the black community is so outraged right now is because a black kid child was killed like many other times, and it's being done with impunity. Law enforcement is getting off the hook. And that's what people are concerned will happen here if we don't protest. Black people go to jail for killing other black people. Black people go to jail for killing white people. Right. But oftentimes when law enforcement is, is attacking black folk and killing them, there is no response. They do it with impunity, and that's what people are outraged about. And we have a right to talk about that. Let me just jump in because I hear, I hear Larry's point. I know, Mark, you agreed with him talking about um, black fathers and the absence of black fathers and, and all these different issues culturally that, that, are, that, are, that are important to discuss. But, but when it comes to the president, let me just bring it back to your op-ed, Mark, and I, Larry, I want you to weigh in. You know, if the president should talk more overtly about race, um, what should he say? The president gave a speech in 2007 when he was Senator Brooke, and he said that the Moses generation, the generation of Martin Luther King, had gotten us 90% of the way there. Our generation, he referred to his own generation as the Joshua generation, has to get us the rest of the 10%. 
Eric Holder has frequently talked about the pernicious racism in America, gave a speech a few weeks ago where he outlined what he called pernicious racism. It included things like photo voter ID, which most blacks support, uh, different expulsion rates, Ooh, which happens no matter to? what the school... Yeah, this is not a question she asked. No, and who is he talking to? What black folks he's talking to that's cool with voter with the... Suppression? Mm. Right. Okay. No. 2007, when he was Senator Brooke, and he said that the Moses generation, the generation of Martin Luther King, had gotten us 90% of the way there. Our generation, he referred to his own generation as the Joshua generation, has to get us the rest of the 10%. Eric Holder has frequently talked about the pernicious racism in America, gave a speech a few weeks ago where he outlined what he called pernicious racism. It included things like photo voter ID, which most blacks support, uh, different expulsion rates, which happens no matter what the school district is around the country. And he also mentioned different sentencing uh, arrest uh, rates when the sentencing commission, <clears throat> excuse me, he mentioned different sentencing rates when the commission has said that those different rates, and there, it is true that blacks are sentenced somewhat longer than whites for the same crime, but the reason are legitimate factors, including arrest records. So when you look at the racism mm. that Obama talks about, I'm trying to figure out what it actually is he's talking about that is as important as the problem of the absence of fathers in black How did community. You point out what Seven, you this, this, is, this is like... This is like a verbal tick with conservatives. Whenever a black person is treated unjustly, they say, hey, but you don't have a father. Hey, but you kill each other. As if that makes black people disposable, as though somehow black people are worthy said. of death. That's not what I, I said didn't at say, all. I, I didn't say what you said. What I'm that's saying not what is that I said that's at all. The, Larry, I'm not saying you just said that. What you just did was bring up black fathers in a conversation about an unarmed black child being killed. Michael Brown has a father. Two days ago, I stood with Michael Brown's father and hugged him as he cried that his unarmed child was killed by a police officer. I'm asking... having, a father, having a father doesn't make you more or less likely to get killed by law enforcement. They don't ask for DNA reports before they shoot you. That's the problem here. And as far as racism persisting, right. it does, Larry. It just does. And every I'm empirical study shows that. I'm asking you for perspective. I'm asking you for perspective. The number one preventable cause of death for young black men is homicide. The number one preventable cause for death of young white men are car accidents. I'm asking you for perspective. How often does... By the way, that was the second thing she did that know me. She said, mm, like, like what, a good, what a good fact, Larry. Like, this, like, she's so clueless in this conversation. I, I don't really think she has no idea what they're talking about. She's just listening to two people argue to fill time. 24-hour news cycle. This is what the fuck you get when you yeah. just have to have she don't really care she could give a fuck about what they're talking about it happened that an unarmed black is shot by a cop and furthermore every 28 hours every 28 hours larry under the rug larry every 28 hours according to the mxgm study a black person a black person is killed by law enforcement seven, vigilantes seven or dead in no, no. chicago alone on the weekend seven but dead we're not in having chicago okay alone. okay okay having, okay we're not hold having on, an hold oppression on, hold on hold on hold on gentlemen let me just let me pipe in because there was another shooting out. yesterday involving uh, a 23 year old african-american all right, so then that's when they went to commercial, and that's when they did the second segment. Yeah, so, they're not having an impression of it's like, ugh. Yeah, you can only concentrate on one thing, but this is like the black Republican response, man. Like, they got to come out of the um, come out of the water, you know, like come out of the woodwork, crawl from under the rocks. They were kind of scared to say something the first few days, but they here now, you know, and it's time for them to uh, shine, uh, you know. Um, I think. Uh, what was it? GLP black chick was saying some stuff about uh, yeah yeah she was on Twitter getting everybody all riled up and shit I don't really uh, I don't follow her and stuff so I mm -mm. you know I wasn't but I see people 
some not very few people because I don't follow people that actually interact very heavily. Um, seen a few people kind of interacting with her, and I don't see the point. Yeah. It's it's fruitless. You're not gonna change her mind, and she's not gonna change yours. Remember and, when uh, we had we covered that story about her speaking up um, about how uh, the Clive and Bunny thing was, you know, showing how people were racist because. Uh, the principle of it was the same, but because he was white, a lot of Republicans seemed to support him. Right. And she ended up basically getting shit talked by her own party. Mm-hmm. And a lot of black people was like, this is the time we need to reach out to her. And I was like, are you serious? People wanted us to have her on the show. Remember that? Yeah. Y'all that- should invite her on the show. She's finally seeing the light. And I was like, are you fucking serious right now? No. She will be back to trolling y'all in no time flat. No right. time flat. Dead kid, hey, let's just—it's time to get these these barbs in. She said, "Why was Michael Brown living with his grandmother?" That was her first tweet. Uh, so, because McCullough is white and his dad is a police officer, was shot by a black man when he was twelve. He's unfit to prosecute the case. BS. Yeah, people are saying that the prosecutor shouldn't be allowed to prosecute the case because his father was shot by a black man and he was a police officer. Um. Most of the 59 people arrested in Ferguson Monday lived there, not from out of town. Stop the lies. I didn't live with my grandparents growing up because my parents were married and took responsibility to raise their children. What the fuck I got to do with anything? Uh, What's that thing where um, the Republican response to anything that black people experience negatively is um, what about what's wrong with black people? So it's like Hey, a cop shot an unarmed black man. Well, where's your father? Uh, you know, hey, uh, there's systematic racial uh, profiling going on at Barney's. Yeah, well, uh, how many of y'all were raised in a two-parent household? You know, where it's like the same thing we just witnessed when I just played those clips. They don't want to have the discussion about what just happened. No, they don't. They want to have a completely different discussion, which is right. this is black people's fault, which assuages the guilt feelings, which assuages the idea that we have American problems, which assuages the – like it just makes people feel like, hey, these are black problems. These are problems intrinsically tied to black culture, and it has nothing to do with their history. It has nothing to do with – us so we can wash our hands of it right. and we can feel like they're inferior to us and we can continue to carry on because it's all their problem why, why are we even discussing this right and but the but the and the part about that that pissed me off too is because you have fathers period that are walking away from homes not only black white white fathers you have well, men they, that's just walking already, away she already got you she already got you you talking about that 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 wasn't even that's not even the topic at hand you see what I'm saying? It's good because everybody gets their passion stoked up to just go to some other hot button issue for to discuss that they do want to have a discussion about. But yeah, it, that has nothing to do with Michael Brown. No, not at all. And and and, and for me personally, that's why um, shit like this just pisses me off. And I'm like, fuck it. Like like a lot of a lot of the interactions and things like that. I might say some stuff here and there. But a lot of it is irrational, it's illogical, it's dumb, it's idiotic, and I don't like having conversations with fools. Yeah, and then people, you know, were interacting with her and whatever. I I don't, like, it's that thing where if you want to do that, go do it. Um, 
seems like what she wants because then she retweets the most vile responses so that it looks right. like look i'm the real victim here guys all i did was voice my opinion and look at these ignorant ghetto people you know attacking me um and it just gets her more followers and more white people that are racist and love her as a mouthpiece right um you know i just don't have any respect for people like that me um, either me either she says uh uh, if Michael Brown was shot by a black cop, no one in Ferguson or nationwide would care. Not Obama, Holder, or Sharpton, none. So mm, That's not even a true statement. Yeah. Uh, like, that's the other thing is, like, some people just have a fundamental lack of understanding of why people are even upset. Right. They, it's, it's like they really they just think cruel. it's about a white person shot a black person, and that was as far as people can think. Right. And, and, and the issue is bigger than that. The issue, regardless of what color he is, Somebody unarmed got shot by a police officer, period, or just by a person. Don't he got a police officer. He was unarmed and he got shot end of day. His, I don't give a fuck what he did. His life was, is worth something. And when you start having these debates and when you start having these points and when you start taking tallies, at the end of the day, the people that are arguing, a lot of them, don't give a fuck about this boy or his life or his family or how a whole community is, is affected or how they're being treated by police. I, I, I seen an article. I didn't read it, but I seen an article from down Twitter how other cities are like, what, what, how do we prepare if this shit happened in our city instead of saying, how do we go into these communities and talk to these people? So instead of preventing it, we go, oh, well, well, something like this may happen. So how do we police stay our uh, police officers also? And you're not fixing issues like that. Yeah. Um, is Michael Brown shot? Yeah. So she basically said if he got shot by a black dude, that's not really the thing. Because if he got no. shot by a black officer. It's still a more of a power thing, right. and it's still about the worth of black life. Um, yep. You know, the, the other thing is, because I've noticed this, I think you kind of just did it, and other people doing it. Um, there is a reason to kill an unarmed person. There's a lot. Yeah, cops do it before. I've done it before. Um, I just understand situations where uh, something was happening. This just not it. You know what I mean? Just the facts that have been presented so far, this does not appear to be that kind of like it doesn't appear to be uh that. And I, and the thing is, maybe ultimately that's what it'll turn out to be. We'll find out that, yo, this dude just didn't have a choice and he had to kill this kid. But it won't be. It's not people's fault for assuming that it wasn't that way. When the police are less than transparent, like right when when there's like notice how there was a person killed in a man killed in St. Louis, he's twenty three or something like that. They were talking about it on that you know that broadcast before mm-hmm. Larry Elder completely disrupted the conversation. If you pay attention to that, people aren't as upset because the police came out right away. They found witnesses. They corroborated everything. Right. They like they they were hundred percent were like this is what happened. Now they could be lying, but their lie is so together and upfront and tight. People are not as mad. Mm-mm. They just want to know, right? And that's the thing that um, people are skipping over in this situation. The Ferguson Police Department denied people the decency the common humanity of saying this is what happened they went and got the tanks and the camouflage Mm -hmm. and the weapons Mm -hmm. and stood out there and was like you know i dare y'all motherfuckers 
to keep saying something to us. And that is going to incite people to, uh, that's going to incite people to, to, to have issues with the police. Like, you know, I think there's a common element of empathy and humanity that just seems to be listen, but missing from a lot of people because they rather score their political points and get mm-hmm. their Twitter retweets and all this shit. Mm-hmm. But there is a common thread, which is, hey, if you treat people like humans, they'll react like humans because I don't know if people understand this. Black people are as human as you. So we don't have any like, oh, someone got shot. I'm going to kill the whole neighborhood. That, that's actually not how we work. Like, if you actually said this kid got shot, but we took the officer, uh, you know, in the custody, or we took the officer back, and we're gonna, um, you know, find out what happened. Right. We're gonna be in contact with the parents. We talked to some witnesses. We've gotten. It would have never got to this point. It would have never got to this point because they would have been on top of it. The George Zimmerman thing. If they would have just investigated it like a fucking, like like a killing, you know what I mean? I'm not even gonna say a murder. Just a shooting. Right. Like you investigate every shooting. If someone just shoots somebody, the like that's it's, all people demand. All people demand is justice in this justice system. Right. And you, our justice system has has taught us mm. if a crime happened, you investigate. You have a suspect. You at least uh, press charges, bring them in, investigate something. The problem is, is that. Something happens and there's no investigation. Days go by. There's there's no nobody knows names. You know, people are like, "Well, are you even gonna bring?" I think if it wasn't for like social media, the George Zimmerman uh, case would have never even been brought up. So it's like, why do I need to get mad for you to just do your goddamn job? Well, you know what it is though, because people keep saying justice for Mike Brown. I don't, to simplify it even further, people just want due process. Right. It's not even justice because I don't think there's a way that they will actually be able to prove or that this police officer will get in trouble at all because I don't think he'll spend a second in jail. Me either. Um, because the entire affair has been conducted on a defensive level that is, it seems like to protect this officer more than to get to the truth of what happened. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have such distrust with the police system. People just want due process. That's bring right. the man in for questioning. Uh, you know, bring it before a grand jury. Start the process of saying what happened. At least interview these witnesses. These are common things that are not high on the bar of to ask for. You know what I mean? Yeah, or demand. If this would have been two people shooting in the street, this wouldn't be a hard thing to demand to say, hey, you should interview that guy and interview the witnesses. But the fact that people are defensive about even that level of uh, just uh, common decency, it, it makes people get on edge, you know. Um, right, and mm. and also the, the 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 also the problem that I have for a lot of these people with all these debates. What was that that Bundy dude that was out there on his goddamn ranch? Didn't pay his fees. It was determined not to pay his fees. Rounded up women, rounded up children, got their guns, and was standing off with the. Um, uh, the SWAT teams and shit. He he's he, he was righteous though, right? He stood up, right? But yeah. he was wrong. Uh, she says Obama. Black people are not children who need leaders to tell us how to think. You don't call white leaders to tell whites how to think. So that's another common misperception that President Obama and Al Sharpton are telling black people how to think. Like like they show up and we go, hey, you know what? 
I didn't think this was about race at all, but then Al Sharpton showed up, and now I think it is. Just a complete misunderstanding of the community or misrepresentation. And, and, and I think topic. a lot. Of, and it's off topic, like you I just, said. I just think a lot of this, they say this stuff because they're not talking to us. Right. And which is weird to see people talking back to her because she's yeah. talking to white people. Right. She she's not talking a, to us. We she, don't pay her bills. Right. We, yeah, she don't give a fuck about what you she, got to think. So why even interact with her? Because it don't matter. Yeah, she's saying this so the white constituency and conservatives behind her that deny race and racism as an issue at all are just going to retweet it and they're going to go see a black person said it mm-hmm. how many white and black cops get shot by black men each year we see no news coverage of those murders that's that a, that's that, a lie yeah we just had a, a a guy get hired by fox news for saying uh you know um you know like we we just had a dude get hired by Fox News because he went on the news, uh, his local news, and was talking about a cop getting murdered and went and found the widow of the person he ki- the cop had killed, and was like, "Look at them, they don't have fathers." This is like I said, it's just another hot button issue for people now. It's not even a like it's, it, we've reached that stage now. It's full partisanship, full let's argue and fight all day, and uh, yeah. Um, uh, let's see. At Greater St. Mark Church, witnesses uh, say police came to a building today, which is being used as an aid station for protesters. People were saying that the police were raiding the building and took out, um, took stuff out like supplies. I don't know if this has even been confirmed or not. No, I just know neither. what people said on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I don't think the the bigger media seems to be have an interest in line because they seem to be there and want to be involved in these stories as much as possible at this point, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, at the same time, they've the interest seems to have died down because last night there wasn't um, some huge uprising. L- a lot less people were out at night. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, the bigger stations, MSNBC, CNN, a lot less live coverage. Right. Of, you know, they the police didn't come out shooting in the neighborhoods, I guess, so they're done paying attention. But, um, yeah, it says, uh, um, apparently this is the third time it's been raided. Um, the protest groups use it as a safe space in the aid station. Um, the thing is they, on social media, they like report the location and say, Hey, come here, come here. We got this and we got that. And so now that a lot of those people are like, we got to stop talking about where we're at. And the thing is that you have a lot of those officers without their IDs, without their badges, you know, just kind of walking and roaming in those areas. Mm-hmm. So even if they do something like this, how the fuck are you going to identify them? So a lot of people said it was this church that got raided, but then come to find out it wasn't the church that got raided. Uh, the reporter who wrote this article, um, Jelani, I mean, uh, who wrote this shit? Uh, let me find his name so I can attribute it to him. Uh, Michelle Dean called the church and they basically were like, we're not being raided. I don't know how that rumor got started. Uh, it was actually, uh, the uh, reporters in, in Ferguson went to the scene, apparently discovered that it's the school building next door to St. Mark's that was getting raided. Oh, okay. The police have visited and some organizers, including at least a group of dream defenders, have been using it as a safe haven and were storing supplies there. The historian and the New Yorker contributor Jelani Cobb was on the scene and explained that police had indeed visited the building under the pretense that it was violating occupancy laws. 
Church says it was a safe space for organizers. Police say they violated housing policy by having people stay overnight. Organizers saying this is the third time police have come here. Last night they had assault rifle, assault weapons. Church organizers now saying nothing was removed from the building. So I guess people thought that it was removed, but it wasn't. I don't know. Uh, Elon James White, friend of the show, posted uh, several video interviews on Instagram where organizers say the police visits have effectively shut down the organizers' efforts at the building. So people, I guess, you know, people can't stay there overnight. Police are coming through, so got to find somewhere to stay. Uh, organizers are telling reporters they provided food and shelter and other first aid supply, supplies, but reports continue to conflict as to whether or not police actually took anything from the building. Another Instagram video from reporter Aaron Haynes, Wack, uh, shows an organizer saying the police took some supplies and that people need to alleviate the symptoms of tear gas, that people need to alleviate the symptoms of tear gas from their eyes. So, um, yeah, man, I, like at this point, there's so much. So many people on the ground. There's a little bit of misinformation there. Both of those things can't be true. They couldn't have took stuff and not took stuff. Right. Um, but, yeah, people on the ground definitely being fucked with. Uh, Alabama police chief writes a blistering open letter to Ferguson commander. Uh, mm-hmm. Police mm-hmm, in Alabama. Nothing to do with this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's mad about uh, the fact that Ronald S. Johnson, Big Ron, came in and gave out hugs and shit. And so he wrote an open letter, uh, lawofficer.com. I have to call you out. I don't care what the media says. I expect them to get it wrong, and they often do. But I expect you as a veteran law enforcement commander talking about law enforcement to get it right. Unfortunately, you blew it. After days of rioting and looting last Thursday, you were given command of all law enforcement operations in Ferguson. My governor, Jay Nixon, St. Louis County PD was out. You were in. You played to the cameras, walked with the protesters and promised a kind of gentler response. You were a media darling and Thursday night. Things were better, much better. But Friday, under significant pressure to do so, the Ferguson police released the name of the officer involved in the shooting of Michael Brown. At the same time, Ferguson police released a video showing Brown committing a strong arm robbery just 10 minutes before he was confronted by Officer Darren Wilson. Many don't like the timing of the release of the video. I don't like the timing either. It should have been released sooner. It should have been released the moment the FPD realized that Brown was a suspect. Captain Johnson, your words during the day on Friday helped to fuel the anger that was still churning just below the surface. The St. Louis County police were told to remain uninvolved, and that night the rioting and looting began again. For much too long, it went on mostly unchecked. Retired St. Louis Police Chief Tim Fitch tweeted that your your hug a looter policy had failed. Boy, did it. Boy. Mm. And your words contributed to that to what happened Friday night and on into the wee hours of Saturday. According to St. Louis Post-Dispatch, you said the following regarding the release of the video. There was no need to release it, Johnson said, calling the reported theft and the killing entirely different events. They were. Well, Captain, this veteran police officer feels the need to respond. What you said is, in commonplace police vernacular, bullshit. The fact that Brown knew he had just committed a robbery before he stopped by Officer Wilson speaks to Brown's mindset. And, Captain, the mindset of a person being stopped by a police officer means everything, and you know it. Let's consider, consider a few examples. Uh, 1978. This is how far you got to go back to find police officers getting fucked up. Officer David Lee conducted a vehicle check. He didn't know 
that what the sole occupant of the vehicle I recently done, but the occupant did. Who was he? Serial killer Ted Bundy. Bundy attempted to disarm Lee. Lee was able to retain his firearm and eventually took Bundy into custody. What are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. April 19, 1995, State Trooper Charlie Hangar stopped the vehicle for minor traffic violations. He didn't know that 90 minutes earlier, the traffic violator Timothy McVeigh killed 168 people in a truck bomb. But McVeigh sure knew, didn't he? Uh, fortunately, he, given his training and experience, Hanger was able to take McVeigh into custody carrying a concealed firearm. It was days later before it was determined McVeigh was responsible for the bombing. Uh, sounds like they have their training and they didn't kill these people. Right. I was like, these people lived the whole. Oh, okay. People Go ahead. That, people that killed a lot. That killed people, not strong arm robberies. Right. With no weapons. Right. Arm. Okay. Mm-hmm. In May 31st, 2003, then rookie police, the North Carolina police officer Jeff Postel arrested a man digging in a trash bin at a grocery store at a fraction that would, ri- that would rise to about the level of jaywalking. Postel didn't know that he had captured Eric Rudolph, the man whom years earlier had killed and injured numerous people with bombs and was on the FBI top 10 wanted list. So now let's consider Fer- Ferguson officer Darren Wilson stopping Michael Brown. Apparently, Wilson didn't know Brown had just committed a strong-arm robbery, but Brown did, and that captain is huge. Allegedly, Brown pushed Wilson and attempted to take Wilson's gun. We're also being told that Officer Wilson had facial injuries suffered during the attempt by Brown to disarm him. Let's assume for a moment those alleged facts by Brown actually occurred. Well, that's kind of a big assumption, though. Right. Would Brown have responded violently to an officer confronting him about jaywalking? Maybe, probably not. Well, even in their estimation of the events, he told him to get out the street, drove past him, stopped, and backed up. Like, even even the police officer said that. So, you know, at some point, th- things escalated here that weren't just from, it wasn't like Michael Brown just turned around and started punching the dude. Right. No matter how it happened, right? Um is it more likely that he would attack an officer believing he was about to be taken into custody for felony strong-arm robbery? Absolutely. Officer Wilson survived the encounter with Brown as D. Lee, Hanger, and Postel. Michael Brown didn't survive, and it's too soon to say if Officer Wilson's use of deadly force is justified and legal. You and I both know not all officers survive such confrontations. Officers die in incidents like this. Captain Johnson and Kuhn, a couple that I remember from your own organization. Right, but the... My... If any citizen kills a police officer, they're arrested immediately. Well, ain't no ifs, ands, or buts. We're not going to talk about it. You're not mm-hmm. going to let this person walk free. They're not going to get paid administrative leave or absence. And with the way that things have been conducted, you would think that uh, the autopsy of Michael Brown would have revealed something on his hands from hitting somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would also think that the way that they, the Ferguson Police Department has released this stuff, um, that they would actually have released the damage to the dude's face. Um, yep. And a, because they've kind of tried to taint the image of Michael Brown the whole time. Why not? If this happened, why not? Why not just be forthcoming with this? If this right. is what happened, because um, if you took- they could have done, they could have, if, if this is true and they knew all this on day one, they could have just came out and said, this is what happened. Yeah. Took him in custody, took photos, you know, for your evidence and all this type of thing stuff yeah yeah april 15 1985 missouri trooper jimmy Leniger was shot and killed by a white supremacist he and his partner stopped at a checkpoint neither trooper Leniger nor his partner were aware that the man had been just had stopped 
had been indicted by a federal grand jury for involvement in a neo-Nazi group accused of murder. The suspect immediately exited the vehicle and opened fire with an automatic weapon. Just a month before, Missouri Trooper James M. Friomsdorf was shot and killed with his own gun after making a traffic stop. Then the trooper stopped, made the stop. He didn't know the driver was wanted on four warrants out in Texas, but again, the suspect knew it. So, Captain... This, mm-hmm. this whole letter is just, just stupid because you're bringing up all these examples about people that live, people that survived, you know... Um, well, these are police officers that died. Oh, right? now he on the died part, but Yeah, before, both of these two. But before were officers that actually survived mm-hmm. the altercation, you know, the people were... Uh, convicted you know something went forward and i don't know when, when people get to this it's like it's it's, it's the same thing with you'll be black chick you're not talking about the issue at hand mm-hmm. you're talking about everything else it don't fucking matter to me at the end of the day gotta be two sides man no it don't in my mind but i know you know everybody else says it gotta be two sides sometimes it's not goddamn two sides sometimes it's injustice is done to somebody period I don't care about your side. I don't care about your opinion. I don't care about what the fuck he had on. I don't care about what he did two seconds before. I just don't give a fuck. Somebody's dead. I wouldn't care what color the person is. Somebody died, and the family deserves the right to know what happened. Period. Right. Yeah. Like, what's, what's, what's the two sides of that? Yeah, like, I think that's where so much of the disconnect is happening. I like I and I and maybe it's not a popular opinion. I don't know. Um, I've not really gotten to this stage because uh, we're still on stage one, as far as I'm concerned. But I just care about what happened. Right. I actually don't care if Michael Brown was innocent or not. I don't mm-hmm. care if the shooting was justified or not. I just care about what happened. Right. If these facts lead to oh well, there's really no other way to view this. This was justified homicide. What, there's nothing left to save, in my opinion, Mm-mm. other than, you know, but now that things have been ha- mishandled to such a high level. Right. How can people, you know, not understand the rage? How can people not understand why people are mad? You know, mm-hmm. I would have been upset no matter who this was, no matter who it was. You know, people act like people. Are- no, you know what? That's not true. That's not true. We're upset because it fits a pattern that has happened to black people. That's why it's not, if this would have been like an Asian kid or something, um, people would have been like, that's fucked up and weird. But the fact that we know not to even expect some due process. But that's, that's, that's true because that, we, that we, does, we would, ha- we would have matter. assumed, yeah, we would have assumed due process. So we would have been like, okay, but when you go, this happened, this is not being handled correctly. Yes, I'm very upset because I feel like if this happened to a Latino community or something, I would be like, I would not be as upset. Like, I'm not like because the history is different. You know what I mean? I would be like, that's fucked up. Right. It's not like I would be like, well, it's okay then. Don't Mm -hmm. worry about it. No, but I wouldn't be. But I would I tell you what I wouldn't be if if this had happened in any mixed races, however you want. What I wouldn't be going is like keep every circumstance the same except mix mix up the races, however you want. I wouldn't be going, yeah, man, I don't get why those people are mad. I did. Yeah. I wouldn't be going, um, well, that kid was on weed, so it must have been something. No, because I don't feel like. Like, I wouldn't be doing that. No, I, because. It's I wouldn't be right. going around like, well, clearly he was charging towards the officer, and that's why he had to get killed. Mm. Because I don't know, and the police are acting shady. 
Right. And so, I understand people getting mad about that. When one side's acting shady, it's pretty fucking easy to be like, yeah, that's the side I don't trust. Right. The one that's acting shady. Now, you can choose to trust the shady side if you want to. I just know who's acting shady. You got witnesses that are actually incriminating themselves to be like, this is what I saw happen. Meanwhile, you know, police won't even fucking comment on the shit for 11 days. But, you know, you don't understand why people are mad. That's on you, man. You don't want to understand. Right. Um, but, yeah, this dude wrote that letter to Captain Johnson, um, for basically um, trying to be friends with the protesters. Uh, Egypt urges the U.S. to show restraint in Ferguson. Now that's saying something. Yep. The home of Arab Spring. Uh, yep, their government called out U.S. authorities and said they need to show restraint against Ferguson, uh, Missouri. So, yep. Yeah, uh, Egypt is, is known for a lot of the issues they have over there. Well, it gets back at what Barack said about them. Right. Uh, in 2013, when they were cracking down on protesters. Right. People, so people, like, people what about y'all then? People remember that, like I said, for some reason, Americans want to stand on their high horses and want to be the police for all the other world, but yet you won't set an example here in your own country, and people looking, and people are watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um... Jason Riley, who we talked about at the beginning of this, uh, he writes for the Wall Street Journal uh, or in the, on the editorial board. Uh, he basically said that uh, General Holder needs to get to uh, Ferguson and tell the protesters to pull their pants up. Fuck you, 100. Yeah, so. All right, man. Um well, I guess we'll cover more shit from Ferguson as long as it keeps happening. But oh, uh, it will. I'm kind of glad that it's kind of dying down because, you know, it's a lot. And yeah. uh, it's definitely mentally draining to even think it, about this shit and it, I, I, how people are so disconnected and aloof right. from it. And then how some people right. are just so upset and over it and really into it. So mm-hmm. it's like you it's like you almost get too extreme. You get the people that care to the point that it's almost insanity and then you got the people that don't give a fuck to where it's almost no empathy and sympathy to you're like okay y'all are not making any you know both sides are just very extreme and the average person is in the middle you Mm -hmm. know and it's just one of those things where you look at it and like I said yesterday I can't engulf myself with it all the time I don't you know a lot of people um uh, talk about it at work and things like that. That's a conversation I do not engage in. I do not talk about. I do not bring up because I got to work with you. And it's just one of those things where you work with and you work with and you interact with a lot of people that you think cool. But once they start expressing their opinions about shit like this, you start viewing them very differently and they'll start viewing you very differently. So because we got to work together in the long haul, I don't talk about 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 that uh Nicki minaj released her anaconda video yesterday and uh it was everything not everything it was everything um i, I this is the first music video i've watched from front to back uh in a long time um, <laughs> yeah i haven't watched music video in years her, uh, the song is terrible but i don't feel like that's <laughs> the song a, is terrible i don't really feel like that's a you know a knock against anything else she's ever done all her songs are terrible um, but, uh, she was twerking and shit and her ass was moving real good. Uh, you know, she had the fake cheeks, uh, going. So, uh, 
you know, props to her. That's how you going to play it. The song? What, I mean, what's the point of playing it? They can't. Oh. It's an audio podcast. Oh. They can't hear. I mean, you want to hear the, 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 the song is the worst part of it. Oh, my bad. The video is out there, guys. Go fucking watch it. My you bad. Know? The song is the worst part of it. I don't know what else to tell you. Oh, this is that one with Drake everybody was posting it well. Yeah, she Okay. There's gifs of it everywhere. She was uh she did a lap dance on Drake. It was awesome. Uh Farrah Abraham's uh stripping research is just made her five hundred thousand dollars. And this is who? The girl who did Teen Mom and she did the porn porn backdoor Teen Mom where she got fucked in the ass uh on camera. Oh, that chick, okay. Yeah, so uh, she's uh, making it work for her, Karen. She's out, out here so. getting paid uh, 500K. Oh, she told on to her money. Um, Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't she be, I guess? I don't know. Uh, I just want to know where her baby at. Is it like with Drea's baby? Cause it's somewhere. Who's off in the distance somewhere? Uh, she started working at Austin, Texas Strip Club as research for some unannounced book or movie she may participate in at some point in oh a theor- in a theoretical future, just like Jennifer Anderson. Well, it's apparently not just research anymore. Both Farrah and the club report she signed a six-figure contract as a celebrity dancer. I-, I just think it's funny because these people kind of, and I talked about this with Sarah J when I interviewed her, they kind of disrespect the sex work industry right? by pretending to not be sex worker. Like, I'm just doing it for research. So what is your research? Well, I go to the strip club, I strip, I grind on these men, and then I take money. So you're a stripper. No, no, it's for research. Uh, But isn't that... Stripping? I mean, what could you be right, researching? Right. Well, well, no, no, no. I don't. Uh, just like I did my porn for my novel that i wrote that was research oh so you like went to a to a porn set and watched people have sex no no no, no. i got fucked in the ass on camera by james right. dean twice that's that, that, that's, that's not research you did that right well i'm not a porn star or performer or anything i don't get paid for sex i mean i got paid for the video i sold it to vivid but i, I don't get paid for sex what i do is i, I use it to write my books you like you do porn right you know, what, what are we talking about here? Right. Why are you ashamed of it at this point? You've done worse for money, it seems. Uh, yes, and it's just one of those things where I agree with her. You know, you work in the sex industry instead of talking about the industry and, and bringing light and talking about the, the, um, uh, the sex workers' rights and, you know, conditions, working conditions and things like that. It's like, I'll do it, but I don't do it full-time. You know, it's like a part-time type of thing. When you're like, but you did do it, and you did get paid, but you really don't want to be, quote unquote, one of them. Mm-hmm. When they're not ashamed about what they're doing, but you're completely ashamed about it. But because you, quote unquote, play being ashamed, you constantly get a camera in your face. Yeah. Uh, I hired Fair as a waitress about a month ago, then we talked about it. She decided to switch to dancing, then we talked again and came to an agreement for six figures. We're really happy and excited. So, um, if she's researching what it's like to be a stripper, this isn't it. You no. don't get paid $544,000 to strip. Right, because there's a lot of strippers not making money like that. Yeah, you're not, yeah, like you're not really having a typical stripper experience. No, you are not, honey. Yep. They can pay up to $2,500 for an hour long dance from the former team mom 
or $500 for 10 minutes. Who are these dudes that are going to pay that? That's my question. Um, yeah. So that's going to be crazy, man. Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, like, like I said, she, she not all of that to my personal preference and taste. No, mm-hmm. not paying that money for that. Mm-mm. So, yeah, she lied about saying she rumor said that she had a a one point five million dollar payday for backdoor team mom, which was so to vivid. But vivid said they actually paid her a six figure check and royalties on the back end. No pun are sixty thousand a month. So that's pretty good. Oh, she she probably making more than one point five. Then, yeah. She a porn star, though. Yes, oh, she stop, is. Stop lying. Right. And hiding from what you truly are. Yep. Uh, Macy's agreed to a $650,000 settlement uh, to settle for racial profiling. The racism don't exist, though. Yep. Mm-mm. Which uh, came after the settlement for uh, Barney's last week. Right. So, uh, sounds like, you know, maybe black people weren't making all this shit up. Because um, uh, people paying for this fake racism. Um, a lot of real money. A lot of real money. For, right, for fake racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, gun control group Moms Demand Action ask Kro- is asking Kroger to ban guns in their stores because um, this is the new uh, open carry play, like the new open carry demonstration people. Mm-hmm. They want to, like, use Kroger as the next ground, you know. They they did it at Target. They did it all these. And, and, and every time they do this, the, the guns end up getting banned. Right. You will do better off just not doing anything. It, the stores could give a fuck, but you can't draw attention. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, well, they banned us too. Fuck yes. Everybody don't want guns around them while I'm looking at, do I want the beef tenderloin or the pork tenderloin? Mm-hmm. So, um, yep, they've been going to Kroger, man. As long as these people don't go to Harris Teeter, I guess I'm okay. But yeah, leave Harris, leave leave the Teeter alone. Yeah, Kroger open carry. Kroger's dangerous enough as is. Right. What's next, Piggly Wiggly? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What else did I want to talk about? Um, where's my? There's another article I thought was crazy. You know, uh, War Machine is a dude that uh that beat that uh yeah woman up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Apparently there was oh yeah, he, he used to date a different porn star. Right? Oh, uh, uh, it's funny because Aurora Snow apparently wrote this article. She's a former porn star too. Um, but uh, the porn party where War Machine went ballistic, ballistic, before his vicious assault of ex-girlfriend Christy Mack, the MMA fighter sent three people to the hospital when he went ballistic at a party, according to the party's host. Former porn star Brooke Haven. I believed I was going to die, said Christy Mack. He has beaten me many times before, but never this badly. The 23-year-old porn star, known for her distinctive mohawk, tweeted on August 11th that her boyfriend, John Coppenhaver, uh, entered her Las Vegas home unannounced in the early hours of August 8th and beat her to within an inch of her life. The tweet was accompanied by photos of her bruised and battered body in a hospital bed, reporting, reportedly after suffering 18 broken bones, a fractured rib, ruptured liver, broken nose, multiple stab wounds, and several missing or broken teeth. Matt claims that the assault was carried out by Coppenhaver 32, a struggling MMA fighter and sometime porn actor who changed his name to War Machine back in 2008. 
Cobb and Havard's history of violence is well documented, including misdemeanor assault charges in 2007-2008, as well as in two-year prison stay on a felony assault charge in 2010 after he attacked a female bartender in San Diego by sweeping bottles off the bar at her and punched a bouncer. Mm. A few hours after the alleged assault on Mac took place, Cobb and Havard tweeted that she was his property and always will be. On August 15th, the U.S. Marshals tracked down Cobb Haver, who was a fugitive at large, at Extended Stay America Hotel in Simi Valley, uh, California, and arrested the pugilist on suspicion of domestic battery, lewdness, strangulation, assault, coercion, according to uh, Simi Valley Police Department. Back in 2009, um, uh, retired porn star Brooke Haven hosted a birthday party they quickly turned into a nightmare when Cobb and Haver allegedly lost his mind, slapping his then-girlfriend and sending several innocent bystanders who leaked to her defense to the hospital with serious injuries. Um, in a, this, in a interview, they interviewed her. This is what it says. Um, I'm sure you're aware of what's been going on with Christy Mack and the assault allegations. What was your reaction when you first heard the news? I wasn't surprised. I knew it was going to happen. It's not the first time he's beating her up and she stays. She chose to stay. It's never right for any man to lay a hand on a woman. But I thought it was going to happen, and it did. And did you know it was going to happen because of War Machine's outburst at your birthday party in 2009? What happened exactly? We were all at my birthday party. He was there with a girlfriend of his. He actually showed up to my birthday party early and was blowing up balloons, and everything was fine. The next thing I know, he was doing some drugs. Oh. Yada, yada, yada. And his girlfriend was talking to a friend of mine, and War Machine walked up and slapped her. Then it all escalated from there. Some guys at the party went over and said, hey, man, don't do that. And he just lost it. I was in front of him trying to talk him out of it, but he just looked at me with a blank stare on his face. And it was like I was talking to a wall. It was almost, to me, like he blacked out. It was like he didn't even know what he was doing and went on a rampage. Did he just start attacking people? Yes. He was just taking on anyone. People that weren't even approaching him. When he hit Alec Knight, Alec Knight was just standing there with a drink in his hand, smoking a cigarette. And War Machine just went over and punched him in the face, knocking him out cold. He ended up getting a bunch of stables in his head. Oh, shit. He was like, anybody wants some. Now, what were you doing when that happened? Were you personally involved or were you trying to get out of the situation? Well, according to War Machine, I was more involved than I actually was because he's done interviews and said I was punching him in his face. And I definitely was not. Laughs. I was actually there and I was in front of War Machine and I was like, don't do this. Don't ruin my party. Just settle down. Uh, keep in mind, he also tried to say Christy Mack and her guests like beat him up and all this shit. Oh, Meanwhile, he sent them both to the hospital. Right. Uh, and he seemed to be unbruised. <laughs> Like I said, he wasn't talking back. He didn't try to hit me. It was just like talking to a blank wall. He just started hitting people left and right, and he never hit me. He never hit me, hit you, even though you're standing in front of him? Correct. He was only hitting men or men and women? No, he only hit men at the party, other than his girlfriend, who he slapped in the face. But he didn't punch her. He just slapped her across the face, which is, of course, unnecessary and should never happen. He didn't go after any other girls at the party at all. See, she was like, you think he just snapped? Uh, she says it's hard to tell. You might have mental issues, be bipolar or something. Yeah, it sounds like he has a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Some people think it's steroids. Um, uh, she said it was definitely scary, ruined her party. Uh, she asked, did you know, how well do you know War Machine at this point? Not very well. He, we just done a scene together, I think the day before the party, and that's how he got the invite to my party after working together 
because he just got into porn. So how did you deal with him after the party, after that incident? I avoided him like the plague, blocked him on Twitter, blocked him on my phone. I didn't speak to him. I avoided him. And to this day, I have not seen him in person since then, and I'm fine with that. I know it's so. She didn't know. He didn't have a reputation for being violent before a party, from her understanding. Um, she knew he got in trouble because he was arrested in San Diego. I know they ended up putting a spit bag on his head because he was getting really violent and spitting. A spit bag? What's that? That's when uh, people spit on the police, so they put something on your face so you can't spit on them. Oh. So he did a little bit of jail time. How did it affect his porn career? From what I remember reading, people were willing to hire him still because you know how our industry is. People want to make money, and they don't care about the morals. Half were like, we'll never hire a war machine. The other half were like, of course we'll still hire him if he wants to shoot for us. Uh, So... Yeah. Um, war Machine apparently uh, went on the war path. Yes, he did. Won't be food again. <laughs> Ow! Um, but yeah, uh, we uh, I, at 8.30 I have to go because I have to be on Firestarter Podcast tonight. So let me um, get to our games, guys. Okay. Fucking with black people. Pick a number, Karen. Oh, why are we picking a number? We've already went through that at the beginning of the show. All right. So we played fucking with black people just, enough today, yeah, guys. Just let's, play the music. Let's just go to, uh, yeah, let me just play the music for everybody so you can at least say you got it. Ferguson. All right. Right. That's all. Now let's play our other game, which is Guess the Race. Now that it's time for some Guess the Race. That's right, it's guess the race time. Now that is time for some guess the race. That's right, it's guess the race time. That's right, it's time for Guess the Race, the number one game show going across all of podcast land where we read or play news articles from all over the globe. And we ask our contestants today, the Races Ass Chat Room, to guess the race. All right, racist. I hope you got your racist hats on. Uh, never leave home without them, I assume. Um, let's see. How about this one? Uh, of course, Florida. <laughs> Police arrested a St. Petersburg man last week who they say beat another man unconscious with a BB gun. Oh. Then believing the man to be dead, asked his girlfriend to help him bury the body. Oh, oh my. Mm-hmm. Is this the video of it? From an unlikely hero. The baby's parents say... Oh, no, this is whack. Uh, police say Nicholas M. Harris, 20, planned to kill the man Monday. He hit the victim in the head with a metal BB gun, repeatedly broke his nose, and rendered him unconscious. <sighs> Harris thought he killed the man, so he placed him in a car, drove him home, and drove home. A witness and Harris' girlfriend watched as he dragged the victim inside, according to police. Harris asked his girlfriend to help bury the body. When she refused, he threatened to kill her and the other witness with a knife. After a few hours, the victim woke. Harris's mother and brother drove the man to the hospital where doctors treated his broken nose, which also required stitches. Harris was taken to the Pinellas County Jail and held on $260,000 bail. He was charged with first-degree attempted murder and multiple counts of battery, assault, false imprisonment, possession of a firearm, and burglary. Guess the race of Mr. Nicholas M. Harris. Let's check the chat room, see what they believe. His white privilege caused him to forget to double tap. He isn't a cop, white. <laughs> oh, why isn't he a cop? I'm sorry. We 
we know black people with BB guns get shot. White. That's some hubris. White. Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man. Wesley Snipes, black. The correct answer is white. And somebody missed it, so... Not Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man, um, but uh, yeah, he uh, he was a white man. I mean, I'm never shout out to his girlfriend for having the presence of mind to be like, no, right? So it's like you have to take us out. No, we we will know because this one other thing. You do some shit like that, y'all going to jail too? Yeah, help me bury this body. We need to talk. We need to right. We we need to. Um, I don't need to be with you no more. Yeah, I think we should break up. We should right. see we should see other people. Uh all right, here's the second one. This dude police in St. Pete just tell us that they have a they've arrested a man accused of sneaking into a twelve year old girl's bedroom. Investigators say Edward Williams arranged for the girl to let him in through her bedroom window on August seventh. The child's grandmother found Williams in her bed. He jumped out of the window <gasps> naked and ran off. Oh. Detectives arrested Williams last night. He is now charged with lewd and lascivious battery. That was short. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess the race guys of uh, I forget his name already, Mister Williams, the naked man, uh, naked in the bed with a twelve-year-old. I'm glad that was fast though, because we can just get right to the guesses. Um, I don't think people were prepared for how fast it was. Right, I don't think they were prepared either. You know, naked in the bed with a twelve-year-old. Um, yeah, jumped out the window. Fast twitch muscles saved his life. Black says HC. Yeah. Everybody else, not fast enough. I, I I believe he could fly black. Climbing in your window, snatching your people up, people still up. He believed he could fly even though his mind was telling him no, black. Oh, Lord. The correct answer is black. <laughs> I don't know how you guys all got that one, but that was good job, everybody. Um, let's see. Let's go to the bonus round. Uh, where's my bonus round music? Double the points and the race. Double the points and the race. That's right, guys. Double the points, double the racism. Guess the race. Bonus round. Let's see who still got what it takes and who get to take what it's got. All right. Um, Boca Raton, Florida. Oh, Florida. After this Boca Raton woman was found sleeping in her car on the second floor of a Boca Town Center parking garage, police say she refused to identify herself. Then, Suzanne Morales, who was wearing nothing but lingerie at the time, tried running over the officer with her car. Cops (gasps) say she's charged with aggravated assault and resisting arrest. For the Sun Sentinel, Dylan Boucher. Man, these reports are fa- the fastest news reports I've ever seen. Right? They, they, that was like, we ain't got no time to be fucking around with music. Yeah. We ain't got no time to know. This is what happened? The end. She was sleeping in a car where only lingerie woke up, tried to run over they the They was police. like, facts only. Uh, Suzanne Morales. Uh, I guess, uh, guess the race, everybody. Let me see if I can find her picture. Uh, but uh, guess the race chat room. Chiquita Banana. Refused the ID, white. Uh, tried to run over a cop still alive, white, appearing Latina. 
She was arrested and not killed. White. This Boca Raton woman was found. Was, can I just get her picture, please? Come on, guys. What are y'all doing? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So uh, the correct answer is. Um, let me just see if I can find her picture. Uh, let me see if there's any more guesses. Heading back to the border, Latina Genevieve Jolie. Uh, she was arrested and not killed. White tried to run. Over, okay. Uh, surprisingly, she was the only person in the car not full of her and her kin and her kin's kin, Latina. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Uh, the correct answer is, Karen, what would you say? That was a white woman. White. So a lot of you missed it. And a couple of you got it. Let me put it in chat room so y'all can all be upset together. Right. I wonder why your racism is off. Mm-hmm. Remember, when it's a woman, she could have married into a Latina family. You guys don't know. Uh, never want to assume. But the boldness, man, waking up in lingerie to run over the cops, like, uh, that's, that's, that's bold. That's so, like, if I woke bold. up in the parking lot of my drawers, the last thing I'm thinking is running over the cops. Ain't <laughs> that the truth? Um, all right, let's, uh, do one more. Uh, 19 year old got arrested today. Okay. Um, she is in Virginia because her kids called the cops on her. Oh, Mm -hmm. her kid was decided. Fuck you. A Virginia woman called 911 to claim a pot dealer robbed her at gunpoint. Oh, wait, no, this is a different story. Uh, yeah, uh, to claim a cot dealer robbed her at gunpoint. So, uh, she's 19 year old Amanda Page Twami. She called police around 5 10 p.m. Sunday, told him she was robbed after making arrangements to buy pot. The police said, um, do you know that that's illegal? Or, oh, you know what? Never oh, mind. Oh, we'll we'll be right there. Right. <laughs> but today, they didn't tell her to talk. They was like, you know what? We got a hot one. Go get her. Twami claimed that she had met with 20-year-old Jackson Chrysler. Um, he pulled out a gun and demanded her money. She said that she complied, and he left without giving her the marijuana. However, detectives say that during the investigation that followed, they discovered that Twami voluntarily gave Chrysler money to buy marijuana from another person. They say Chrysler instead kept the money without giving Twami the plot. So he was like, oh, hey, give me $20. I was buying some weed. He's like, here you go. Um, fuck you. I'm not buying us no weed. Nice. She was like, well, fuck you. I'm calling the cops. After she didn't receive the drugs, she called the cops. Because guess what? That's what they teach you. You get robbed, call the cops. So they both got, they both went to jail. Yes, they did. Uh, Tommy got charged with filing a false police report uh. and attempted possession of marijuana. Because she didn't have it, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Chrysler got charged with uh, attempted possession with intent to distribute marijuana. Both are being held without bond. Man, they don't play there. They're doing court October 28th. Hell without bond for this shit? Wow. Anyway, guess the race, guys. Pot dealer was a white dude with dreads. People still her. Believe the cops are her friends. White, smoke white, and the seven seven dumbasses. Um, the type that doesn't get violent with smoking weed. Had anyone in the story had a father, we'd all be free. Call the cops on that Caucasian. The correct answer is white. Oh, cops on that. 
and one person missed it. Um, all right, man, that was pretty a uh, sad story, there, man. Sounds like the pot calling the kettle nine one one. Sure did. And uh, of course, we got sword ratching this guys let's talk about these sword people i bet you the officer was like oh this is an open and shut case i know <laughs> they was like we got you we got you on we got you recording honey those stories are so fast let's do another one fuck it okay uh where's my oh, wrong tab let me go back to guest race let me uh let's do another one um how about uh about this one um a 26 year old mother in uh, Valusa County, uh, ended up getting arrested after police say her seven-year-old son turned her in for cooking and using meth. Oh. According to Edgewater Police, the boy told his uncle as well as investigators that there's really bad stuff in my mom's car. Really bad. Really bad. That's a bad shit in there, y'all. Y'all might want to go look. Brianna Buchanan and her son have been living with her boyfriend's brother, Peter, who considers the seven-year-old his nephew, from some time, for some time at his Edgewater home. For several days, the boy had told Peter that his mom was cooking something bad. Then on Friday, Peter said the boy built up enough courage to show him just how bad it was. He came to me and he said, there's really bad stuff in mom's car. I want to show you, said Peter, who asked that his last name not be published. The seven-year-old brought his uncle to his mother's car, opened up the trunk himself. Inside was drug paraphernalia sitting right next to some of the boy's toys. The baby was smart enough to know I don't need to fuck with that. Yeah. It's the one kid that paid attention in the dare class. Maybe his toys was some of the paraphernalia. Right. Yeah, Transformers like Ultra Methodist. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, oh, that's sad. Me- he was fighting against Methotron. He was. Mm-hmm. Um. Shocked, the police closed the trunk and told took the, the boy inside to call 911. Her son, who's seven, just told me she keeps bad stuff in the car. He opened up the trunk, and she has a meth lab in her trunk. Peter told the 911 dispatcher. 911 operator told Peter to get away from the car because of the volatility of materials used to cook meth. Oh, shit, so she rolling around, and the car could blow up and kill her and everybody in it? When police arrived, they found dozens of items inside the trunk used to cook and use meth. What's worse, the boy also described to Peter just how his mom allegedly manufactured meth. (gasps) She said when they would get all this stuff together, they would put it all in a soda bottle. They would shake the soda bottle and take the top off, I guess, vent it out. Peter told Buchanan, which would charged Buchanan, police charged Buchanan with child neglect, possession of chemicals, meth and paraphernalia, and manufacturing and delivery of meth. After Buchanan arrested, uh, after the arrest, her son was taken in by his grandmother. Away from a world, Peter says no boy his age should have to see. (laughs) Right. I can already tell you just looking at his face, he is believed to be out of the situation. The boy's grandmother planned to enroll him in school next week. Um... So, guess the race, uh, Brianna Buchanan, everybody. Wow, that baby seeing shit I ain't never seen in my lifetime. Yeah. She had meth in the trunk. Trunk, trunk. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's Gonna see. Gonna blow them up, up, up. Skylar White, 
future impossible white man is today's snitch. I'm turning you in Becky. His mom is white <laughs> too then. Only white people have snitching traits that come out that early. White, the correct answer is white. All right. Let's get out of here with some sore ratchetness, everybody. You guys did so good today. I know. That was on a roll. A uh, naked, sore, wielding man was subdued in Mayport. That's right. Oh, he was naked? Apparently, they don't even want to put on clothes anymore. Just, they got this sword. Wonder what he's compensating for. Am I right, everybody? A little penis. Mm-hmm. But first, a frantic scene caught on camera as a naked man with a sword causes a commotion at an apartment complex in Atlantic Beach. Thanks for staying up with us. I'm Romney Smith. Jamie has the evening off. Action News first brought you this video at 6 o'clock showing a disturbed man begging someone to call police. Action News' Deanna Batneshi has been digging for details on this story. And Deanna, you actually spoke with the person who saw this whole thing unfold. And the witness tells me that he was just trying to help his friend move out of Building 9 here. He says then a naked man walked up to him and started asking him strange questions. This is what local Jacob Jaquette witnessed. If you're naked, all your questions are strange to me. Right. As he was helping his friend move out of... Oh, fuck. I didn't mean to do that. Hold on, guys. Let me get that back. Uh, I accidentally closed the wrong tab. Son of a bitch. So close to the show ended, too. Sorry, everybody. See if I can skip for forward. ...started asking him strange questions. And they better be on their way! This is what local Jacob Jaquette witnessed as he was helping his friend move out of Otter Run Apartments. A naked man running around with a three-foot sword. <laughs> and he started telling us to run, and he would block the door so he couldn't get out. Luckily, Jaquette says he was finally able to squeeze by the man and run to his truck for safety. He says the man was charging people and yelling at them. You can hear it in the background. I was honestly kind of scared because I didn't know what he had with him or what was going on. Hi, this is Deanna with Action News. Can I speak to a supervisor on duty, please? Action News called and emailed the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office multiple times to find out what happened here. All they could tell us was there was a call to service around 11 a.m. in the complex and wouldn't say anything else. But Jaquette was able to fill us in on what happened next. Put the sword down. Put the sword down. He says another neighbor was able to make the man put the sword down. Luckily, a man was there that kind of subdued the guy and eventually got him to drop the sword and then tackled him to the ground and waited until the cops came. Jaquette says he doesn't know why the man did what he did, but he was relieved when neighbors stepped in to help. And neighbors tell me that they saw this same man just a few days before, and they say he was acting weird as well. Reporting live in Atlantic Beach, Deanna Betaneshi, CBS 47 Action News. Oh. You could tell the man wasn't black because nobody was screaming world star in the video. Um, <laughs> all right, guys, we'll be back uh, Sunday. Um, and we should have some guests from uh, In Deep Show, man. Cool. Uh, Queen Dean and uh, In Deep Show B. Um, so Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. We'll see you guys Sunday, man. Uh, we appreciate everybody for coming out. I think Drew's going to be there, too. Um, okay. So we'll see you guys on Sunday. Uh, premium people, we'll see you guys on uh, 
Friday. And oh, feedback Saturday. So obviously we'll see you guys Saturday. Um, until then, get your feedback in. Leave us five star reviews. We appreciate all y'all people that do that. Emails. Emails. Phone all calls, that shit. Yeah. Uh, except unless you're crazy calling from an undisclosed location, leaving crazy voicemails. I will never ever play that shit on my show again. Nope. Uh, so until then. AdamandEve.com, TBGWT. Shadow Dog Dog. Productions. Make sure you guys get the best of Ryder Karen. Leave five-star reviews. Leave five-star reviews on iTunes. Get it on iTunes. Get your extra free, uh, you know, uh, video, you. And uh, we'll talk to you guys then. So uh, until then, love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah. Mwah.